Good morning and welcome to MT's Live. I'm your host, Tyler D. It's Friday, October 22nd, a sunny and cool fall day in Chicago. Temps are down, just like the NFT market, but our spirits are still high. We've got a great show for today. We're going to start with a market update covering some of the biggest movers on the IC board. We're going to take a look at the absolute blood in the streets for blue chip PFPs and art blocks. We're going to do a quick spotlight on Tyler Hobbs' new project, Incomplete Control. We're going to talk some recent hacks and scams and the red flags to look out for. And then we're going to have, for the second part of the show, an interview with the founder of the Tenacious Tigers NFT team, where we'll talk a bit about that project and some of the larger trends that we're seeing right now in the market, including PFP DAOs and some other things. So a lot to cover today. Big show. But first, a word from our sponsor, IC.Tools. As a beginner in NFTs, it can be very difficult to know where to start looking. There are millions of NFTs out there in literally an open sea of JPEGs. I know I was overwhelmed at first and didn't know where to start. This is where IC Tools comes in. IC Tools is essentially an NFT data aggregator that pulls data across NFT marketplace activity. It produces visualizations and analytic dashboards in a very user-friendly format to help its users gain an understanding of what to be watching and paying attention to on any given day. Their primary features are trending, discovery, address and collections watch, and alerts. Trending is where you can see which projects have the highest sales volume in intervals as short as the past 15 minutes, the daily view, or even the three-day view. You can quickly see where the money is flowing at any given time. I use this information to see both the macro views of which projects are dominating the market on the three-day and the micro view, like 15 minutes, to see which projects are catching steam to see if I want to jump in. I typically have this tab open all day, every day when I'm trading. Discovery is a similar view as trending, but related to projects that are actively minting, so in the very initial sales phase in the primary. As folks may have found out, a lot of NFT projects do stealth drops. This dashboard allows you to find those projects that are minting, how fast they're minting, and who's buying them that may not have been on your radar. Their address or wallet watch may be the most powerful feature in the product. This is where you can track wallets like whales or the sharpest traders to see what they're buying and selling. You can also follow a curated list of projects in their favorite collections tab where you can select a series of projects to watch. I use this information arguably the most in my day-to-day -day tracking to inform a majority of my trade decisions. Understanding what the sharps are doing is integral to success in NFT trading. And curated project following allows you to filter out the noise and just track the projects you care about. And just recently, I see rolled out their alerts feature where you can set up wallet alerts and Discord alerts to get notified when certain individuals are acting. So go over to ic.tools to check it out and start finding your own NFT alpha. They have a free version which provides the trending and discovery info and then the premium version at 0.03 ETH per month, which unlocks the watching and alert features. All right. Well, th thanks to our friends at IC as always. Let's start with the market update for today. I'm going to pull up the OpenSea Dune Analytics dashboard to start just to get a, a feel of kind of how this month is going um, here for October. So if we look at the chart on the top left, we see we've done about 2.1 billion in sales revenue here in OpenSea in the month of October. Uh, this puts us on track for about 3.1 billion. So right on par for September, below August. This is you know a bit disappointing. When I think I pulled this up on a show a couple weeks back, um, I wanna say around the 10th or 11th of October, we were trending right at August levels. Uh, or to surpass. So we're definitely a bit down. You can see the daily view here. Early October started really strong out of the gate and has since uh, the volume has kind of steadily dropped day over day. We did rise yesterday. Uh, we saw some decent action overnight. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where we go. Um, but we can definitely see the, the downtrend in this volume is affecting our blue chips and, it, and we'll take a look at those impacts later in the show. Um, so that's the, the macro view. Let's take a look at the board from IC. 
Uh, taking a look at the last three days here to see who the biggest movers are. Um, a, a few bugs up here up top. Shiboshis aren't doing that high a volume, but we're going to start with Jungle Freaks. They're on top of the board. I think they've done around 3,000 plus volume in the last three days or so. Um, we covered them on Monday. Their floor was right around one ETH at the time. They've since ran up to as high as 1.6 floor. When I checked this morning, they're sitting around 1.4. Uh, a big pump recently is from one of the an influencer, Alex Becker, who was touting the project uh, as potentially the next blue chip. So certainly Jungle Freaks is on the uptrend, one to pay attention to. A uh, quick negative, I like to keep the show positive, but Party 8 Billionaire Club, I have to just quickly talk about this and then be done with it. Um, Zeneca tweeted about this last night. Essentially, the, the Party 8 Billionaires Club is kicking people out of their Discord who list their NFTs below one ETH. Uh, as, you, as he scrolls down the thread, he's highlighting some of the comments. People essentially agreeing with this and being happy with this decision that, you know, this was the community vote. The community wants this. I guess for listeners of this show, if you find yourself in a community like this, my advice is to, to look for the exits as fast as possible. If the community is built solely around price action and what the floor is at any given time and wants to kick out people who are listing below a certain number, those are all huge red flags, sign of a clear pump and dump and this product's not gonna be around for the long term. So hate to see that, hit the leave server button in Discord and forget about it. So enough about them. Let's go to some of the other movers on the board. Doodles, steady here. We've seen about 1500 ETH or so in the last three days. Floor staying steady right around 0.95, which is about the mint price. So down from the, the pre-reveal, but again, holding fairly steady. Next up, we have a new debut from yesterday evening, the Boongie Project. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pull up their website. It's pretty cool. So it's from a famous artist named Brendan Murphy, and it is essentially a Spaceman avatar project. That's the, that's the art that we're seeing here. He had a pretty interesting public sale dynamic yesterday. So let's take a look at this. So it's, it was a Dutch auction, which we don't really see too much of um, in this market for PFPs. So it started at 3.3 ETH, dropping every five minutes. But the first 200 NFTs were promised to come with a physical sculpture. In fact, we saw all first 200 mint out at 3.3, uh, a huge mint out price for a new PFP. So definitely some market demand for those Spaceman sculptures. A few other giveaways in here, which is pretty cool. Every 33rd sale, got a physical. And then anyone who bought five plus during the public auction in the running for a raffle for a seven foot Spaceman sculpture retailed at 750K. Um, so <clears throat> that's a, just a huge, huge raffle prize there. Um, really cool. I'm not sure what folks are gonna do with a seven foot sculpture, but uh, Clearly a really cool idea and well-received in the market. I think it ended up minting out all 7,444, 7, minted out around 0.4, 0.3 bottom yesterday. So really solid. Um, as we scroll through the website, have a little bit more about the project, the roadmap, and then some of the, you know, what the community members are entitled to. So there's some member-only perks, some IRL events, digital artwork, physical artwork, some merchandise. Clearly a well thought out project and the market responded uh, accordingly. So kudos to Brendan and the Bougie team on a nice successful drop yesterday. And we are seeing the floor right around 0.5 here this morning. Let's go quickly through the rest of the board here. we got the Kaiju Kings still in the top five. Their floor is retraced a bit, but steady right around 3.7 or so. We've got Art Blocks did about 1,200 ETH in volume in the last three days. You know, really not too much for them, respectively, you know, to what we've seen. Some big news there is Spindolder had a playground drop yesterday. Um, it actually went all the way down to the, the resting price of 0.444. I think the supply was only 444 as well, so lower than, um, you know, 1,000. For perspective, 
Schwimm's last playground drop, Alien Insects, minted out right around two or higher, I, I want to say. And that was a supply of 1,000. So this project, less than half the supply, final mint price got to, you know, uh, only about a quarter of that. So I think that's very indicative of where the market is right now. Um, a few other highlights. The cryptodes are back on the board. Uh, they had been bleeding pretty profusely all week, but then we saw um, some floor action last night. Floor got scooped up and the, they rebounded to about a six ETH floor overnight. So that was, that was great to see for us toads holders. Um, and then rounding this out, Mechaverse, they had dipped all the way to around one. They've re since rebounded the Mecha floor, sitting around 1.6. Um, Creature Toads with a good uh, Toads derivative project dropped yesterday. They minted out. Uh, floor got to about 0.33. And then I'll, I'll briefly touch on the Forgotten Runes Wizard Cult. Um, this is almost called an OG project that, since they've been around for, I want to say, over six months now. Um, they've got a solid community base. They've hit some big news stories with being highlighted by Coinbase as one of the featured first four or five projects that Coinbase is going to have on their marketplace. And then there was some news about them signing for you know, some potential movie rights. Um, and that the Wizards floor ran all the way up to about one ETH. It's sitting around 0.9 as of this morning. Um, I think that's a, a solid project with a, with a solid community for folks who are looking for things to buy sub one. All right, that takes us through uh, the IC board in our market update. Let's switch gears. Let's talk about blue chip PFPs and we're, we're gonna do art blocks at the same time here. The general theme, I've alluded to it already. It's blood in the streets. Uh, everything's down about 20% on the seven day. We'll start uh, looking at the, the CryptoPunk sales page. Um, it, it's interesting. There's still steady volume in the punks market. I pulled up the page today. We've seen about 40 sales in the last three days, um, but the price points of those sales are, are generally fairly low compared to what we've seen. Uh, the lowest we've seen an 86 ETH sale here, uh, which was actually flipped for about uh, a five ETH profit. Uh, in two hours. So, so kudos to that flipper. Um, some highlights, we saw see a VR for 140. Um, what else do we see here? A few interesting, what I'll call, you know, potential overpays. This, this female shades pump for 248 sold yesterday. That's a, the highest price point we've seen here uh, in the last three to three to five days. And it seems like, you know, potentially some other punks available at lower price points. So it, interesting to see that the logic and the thesis behind that buyer. Um, but the overall market for punks is down. The floor is sitting around 93 for females, 89 for males. It was 106 last week. Uh, so, you know, right there around a 20% drawdown. For the rest of PFPs, I'm going to pull up a new site, WGMI.io. We haven't really talked too much about this website. It's a nice, easy place to go and see the current floor and the floor price change uh, from the last day and in the last seven days. Let's take a look at a few of these. We talked about CryptoPunks. They're down you know, right around 15%. CyberKong's Genesis, seven days ago was at 106. Today, sitting at 88, 17% down. Actually, if folks remember, the, the Kong's gen got all the way up to 200. So a massive drawdown uh, from that peak just a few weeks ago. As we continue going through here, um, let's see, where's Bored Apes? They were at 36 a week ago, sitting around 30 right now. So 15, 20% drawdown in the apes. We saw before in the high 20s, but it looks like that may have been scooped up here this morning. Um, Cool Cats, 9.4, seven days ago. Got as low as 6.8. They've since rebounded a bit, sitting around 7.5 ETH floor, um, but down about 20%. Um, talked a little bit about Toads earlier. Was 6.9 last week. Hit a low of around a 4.7 midweek here since rebounded back up to six. But the theme, I think we it's, it's pretty obvious what we've seen. We're down 15 to 20% on all the blue chip PFPs. Um, switching over to art blocks, since we can actually have art blocks on this page here as well. 
similar story. I'm repeating myself. You know, Fidenza's sitting at 129, down from around 200 at peak. Ringers at 75, down from 100. Elevated deconstructions were at 100 and down to 70. Archetypes were as high as around 50 or 44. They're down around 24. Similar story for subscapes, unigrids, meridians, all down 30 to you know 50 percent from from peak. Squiggles as well. Um, last one I want to touch on is fragments of an infinite field, one that we've covered. Uh, a decent amount on this show it minted out during one of our very first episodes that project went all the way up to a 30 plus eighth floor and now sits right around 5.99 um, so pretty big draw down there i think my my takeaways from this um you know a, a few lessons one is try to be disciplined and not buy into the massive fomo waves when projects are surging 200, 400, 500% in a matter of days, it can be, we can all feel the FOMO and want to buy and act and get in and, and try not to, to miss out. But from what we've seen, most times there is some bit of a retrace and a better entry point for those who are patient. Um, so having patience, waiting for the price point that you think is right for any NFT is probably the, the best strategy um, but I will say you're never going to time the top and you're never going to time the bottom. The prices here are starting to look more and more attractive, especially for products like fragments. I mean, people were buying those at 30. People were buying them all the way up. If you think there is value in this project, which I absolutely do, it's starting to become more and more attractive here at, at 6 ETH. And, and same for those blue chip PFPs. Um, Certainly the run in the cryptocurrency markets has something has somewhat been a, a big driver of all this, right? As the speculation is folks are getting out of NFTs, moving to Bitcoin and ETH to ride those waves. A lot of questions right now, what's going to happen with ETH? If ETH stays steady and chops around 4K, then that's probably going to be good for the NFT market. If it surges all the way to 10,000, you know, does that mean an NFT winter? Um, you know, we'll see. No one knows the answer. Blue chip NFTs have outperformed ETH over time pretty consistently. Um, but it's something we're just going to watch and see how the next few months play out. All right. That's the, the market. I do want to highlight Tyler Hobbs, his new project here. It's called Incomplete Control. For those who aren't aware, Tyler Hobbs, the artist behind Fidenza, known as the blue chip Art Blocks NFT project, one of the biggest grail projects in the NFT space. Um, so he's launching uh, a Dutch auction for some of his, his tokens right now. Um, let's quickly talk through how it's structured and then we'll go to the auction, which is actually live. So it's going to be a supply of 100, it's playgrounds. What's cool about this drop is he's doing minting in real life only in bright moments new york and it's going to be in early december to do a mint you have to have a golden token mint pass the first 50 of those mint passes are being sold live right now in this dutch auction and then he's reserving 50 for holders of fidenzas as well as crypto citizens um, so the dutch auction started at 500 eth and reducing every five minutes i'm going to toggle over all right it looks like we are down to 125 ETH and zero have been sold. Interesting. I saw some folks think that 125 was the over under for completion, for complete sellout. So it looks like this might be uh, going sub 100 here. Um, very curious to see what the final mint out for those 50 NFTs are, but it's safe to say this is one of the highest anticipated NFT drops and art blocks drops here uh, for the rest of this year. So it'll be interesting to see this one play out. All right, that's our art blocks. Let's go ahead and switch over to one of ones and talk uh, a big new drop from Sam Spratt. Sam minted three pieces here in the last eight or nine days and had a very good first week with I'm going to show these three pieces. Number one, Birth of Lucy. 
sold to Cosmo de Medici for 50 Ethereum, over 200,000. Then number two, Lowell buys for Isaac, selling to Fawocious, another famous crypto artist, for 16. And then Anchor drops by his piece three for sacrifice for 33. So Sam pulling in around 100 ETH in sales across his first three pieces. Um, I like these pieces quite a bit. I, I see the attraction. It's got the rise of the Planet of the Apes vibes here. In some of these pieces, it's also got, you know, the, uh, the illusion or the homage to some biblical ties here with, with the name and, and the sacrifice piece. So certainly Sam is going to be one to watch as, we, as he continues the, this series out a bit. Other headlines from the 101 space, Van Armen sold three pieces in his BitGAN series for 17, 15, and 11. Searlight hit a new all-time high uh, on Maker's Place Dow, selling a piece for 125. Searlight also doing a nifty gateway drop tonight. So take a look at that. Uh, for those who are Searlight fans. Um, and then Vincent Bando, VVD, he's going full ham on Rare Pepes. I've lost track of the number of Rare Pepes this guy has bid on and has purchased. He is the number one Rare Pepe collector in the world. He has to be. Um, go ahead and take a look at his wallet for details. We'll, we'll link him in the show notes. All right, that, that's really what I wanted to cover in the market. Um, before we get to our interview, I'm going to do a, a segment on safety. Um, so I actually wrote a Twitter thread yesterday afternoon. We've seen a series of Discord hacks, fake listings, trick listings in the last few weeks and months, and they're becoming more sophisticated. So I want to highlight a few of these examples, talk red flags, uh, and how folks can, can stay safe. So the four examples we're going to take a look at are the NBA Top Shot Discord hack, Creature Toes Discord hack, uh, fake singularity number zero, and then a, a trick listing in Creature Toads that I caught yesterday. So starting with NBA Top Shot and their Discord hack, I'm going to pull up uh, a screen grab uh, from this announcement. This announcement came out uh, Tuesday night, 9.05 p.m. here. You can read it. I'm not going to read through it. Um, but essentially what they did is announce a stealth drop, NBA Top Shot NFTs on the Ethereum network, Supply cap of 666, you can mint 20. They have a website here. So red flags, right off the bat, the announcer has this bot <coughs> image next to their name. Uh, typical mods of Discords do not have that tag. So right there, that's a red flag. Um, taking a look at the website, nbatopshot.studio. That's a different website than NBA Top Shot's primary website. It would be very strange for them to spin up a new website unannounced. Um, a few other items here, um, a mint cap of 20, you know, NBA Top Shot has consistently had, uh, you know, their raffles with, where it's one pack per person. Um, so this would be very surprising. Um, additionally, just conceptually, right, big brands don't do stealth drops for really big announcements. So Top Shot launches something on Ethereum would not be a surprise drop. It'd be something that they would hype and market days and weeks in advance. Uh, and last red flag, Top Shot is tied to the Flow blockchain and not Ethereum. So a lot of, uh, a lot of red flags there does not pass the, the sniff test. Let's continue to go through. Let's talk about the Creature Toads hack. So that same night, there was a hack on the Creature Toads Discord. Turns out it was a 17-year-old high school student and he got funds. I think he got like 80 plus ETH. I don't know the exact total. He returned the funds. Then he did a Twitter spaces the next morning talking about it. Crazy story. It's a sign of the times in the NFT market. It's all on YouTube. I posted the link. Take a look if you're bored. Pretty interesting story, but kind of it's similar hack as to what we saw in Discord. So announced uh, Stealth Mint, put out a website. Red flags, again, we see the bot next to the announcer's title. That's a red flag. Um, new website, different than the established Creature Toads website. That's a red flag. Um, additionally here on the concept, so the, anyone who's following the Creature Toads project and site, they had a timer countdown to Thursday at 11 a.m. Central. It would be very surprising to have that timer and then do a stealth drop. Um, so again, that doesn't pass the sniff test. And then bypassing the whitelist, 
they famously set this up for toads and creature owners to be able to mint for first, uh, you know, as an homage to those projects. So bypassing that wouldn't make sense. Again, not really passing the, the sniff test there. Next, I'm going to talk about singularity number zero. I didn't get a, a full screen grab of this. Uh, this is one that came across the radar, I think also on, on Tuesday. Um, essentially, this NFT was fake, but it got picked up by the OpenSea verified collection for singularities by Hideki. Um, so showed verified. It was listed at 7.5 ETH. Uh, it, it was since bought. OpenSea has told the buyer they will be compensated as essentially it was their fault for showing it verified. Um, but as we looked into this one, a few red flags did jump out. Um, first, trading history. It showed that this NFT was minted two months ago. Singularities were all minted eight months ago. So right there, that's a bit strange. And then if you look in the details uh, section of the NFT page, a few other red flags. So the token type was ERC-1155. All art blocks are on ERC-721. Additionally, it was the wrong contract. Um, it was a different contract than the art blocks standard. Um, I think the conceptual red flag here is for those who follow um, art blocks and that market, um, mint number zero is a very highly esteemed mint. Uh, it's typically, um, they don't really even trade, but the fact that someone would list mint zero below four, uh, again, is a bit of a red flag. Um, and then the last one is tr uh, some trick listings. We've seen a decent amount of these. I'm gonna go ahead and just highlight a screen grab I took during the, the Creature Toads post mint run up last night. So the situation here, Creature Toads had minted out, um, probably right around 0.2 was the effective price for those who minted public sale. Um, we saw some solid and steady buying on secondary. The floor got up to about 0.3. So what happened in this listing I'm showing right here is person lists it for 0.299, cancels that listing, lists it for 2.99. Uh, immediately after the buyer sees it at 0.299, thinks that's what they're paying, they're moving too fast and they end up paying 10X the price. So this buyer essentially bought a uh, creature tone for 2.99 ETH when the, the floor was effectively 0.299 or three at that given time. Um, for any of us who have been trying to, to buy NFTs in these fast rising floors, you know, you have to act fast, you have to click fast, but you know, you have to be careful, have to take a look at, you know, what that final price that you're approving is. Um, but <clears throat> a, a bad scam and really hate, hate to see this. Um, certainly something that I could have fallen for as well. Um, what are the takeaways? You know, I've, I've talked about the red flags here. I think just at the highest level, we have to slow down, right? In, in this market, it's trending just to ape in and not do due diligence. But, you know, we're talking about real dollars and cents. Um, these are big investments. These are digital assets. You have to be careful. You know, do some due diligence. Check websites. Check Twitter. Check Discord. See what people are talking about. Um, and overall, just do a quick gut check, sniff test. Does this pass? Does it seem too good to be true? If it does, you know, it, it may not be. So be patient. But wanted to highlight those here for today. All right, well, that really takes us through the first half of our show. I'm gonna take a deep breath and we are going to start uh, our second interview here with the second NFT project team that we've had on the show highlighting an upcoming project from the Tenacious Tigers. We have the Tigers founder, he goes by Moz, he's on with us live. Before we begin, full disclosure to our listeners, I am an advisor of the Tigers team. Nothing we cover in this interview is investment advice, do your own research. That said, I do think the Tigers are doing some cool things. I'm excited to talk about the project and some of the trends that we're seeing in the PFP and, and Dow market right now with Moz. Maz, welcome to the show. I appreciate you having me on. It's, it's an honor. I, I think it's these last few months have been very interesting. And I, there's, there's not many people I've spoken to more than yourself. So I'm, uh, it's an honor to be on. 
Yeah, for our listeners, uh, so I think on with Skyhook and Brett Ritchie, we've alluded to, to the Discord that a few of us are in. Maz has been in the Discord with us. We've been chatting NFTs for months now. When when did it probably get started? June, June, July, Maz, we kind of yeah, started Yeah, I, I think around around that 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 time frame. And it's funny, I speak to my internet friends more now than than people I, I'm close to in real life. So I, there hasn't been many more people that I've spoken to than uh, than you guys, which is which is cool. It's so true. You know, I thought the metaverse earlier this year was such a pie in the sky idea. Why would people spend time in a virtual environment? When you get into these NFT discords and you talk with people online all day, every day, they start to be closer to you, closer relationships than, you know, a lot of your IRL friends. So I definitely get it. Um, And it's good to, to have you on the show here. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your background and how you got into NFTs? Sure. Um, I, I currently work in uh, the financial services industry, but um, uh, my, my background in NFTs kind of really started from being a, a high stakes DFS player for a while now. I think um, what I've realized is whether it's, it's DFS players or, or poker players, um, their, their brains are, are wired a bit differently and they're, they're usually ahead of the curve on some things. I know a lot of them were pretty early in the crypto markets. And I think that's transitioned over to NFTs now. Um, and it's kind of really just being in tune with, with, with Twitter. I mean, Twitter is like the, the, the best platform out there. There's just free alpha kind of running around everywhere. Um, and it, it's really important to be in tune with, with what's going on there. And that's really where I just being involved in, in crypto and following the, some of the bigger names in that space, I was able to get my introduction to NFTs. Um, the, the first NFT, my first like actual exposure was uh, actually minting a MeBit back in April, which feels like lifetimes ago, but I was really hooked on, on NFTs really since that. It was a, a, a great experience. I, I remember that day very well. I was actually at the DMV that morning. I found out about the drop. I was in line for like two hours to get my driver's license, sweating how I was going to get some funds ready for the drop. I ended up minting three MeBits and of course... You've been there with me. What a, a rocky ride. I mean, it was terrible. They went down to like, what, 0. 0.5, 0. 0.7. They've <laughs> since rebounded a bit. Um, yeah. yeah. I but, mean, I, I think what I, I first found those, I've been a longtime follower of um, DC Investor. And mm-hmm. I think when it's all said and done, um, this is just my prediction. Like when NFTs, con- the market continues on the trajectory it is now, he's going to go down as like the Warren Buffett of NFTs. The guy is just like a master value investor. And he, he's really held all these things since, since buying them. I saw a tweet that, that he, had, he actually, I don't think he sold anything yet, which is pretty incredible. But I, he was really kind of screaming from the mountaintops about Larva Labs, um, even before the, the minting of the me bits. And I was always on the fence of kind of to jump in or not. And like, I think the, the best experience in the spaces, you can't really get that, that, uh, that experience until you try it. So you really kind of have to bite the bullet and be able to mint something. And I, I just, I, it was just that time. And then it's been a, a roller coaster since, but it's been, it's been awesome. Yeah, you know, I, I totally agree with that logic. Um, the best way to learn anything is to get your feet wet, to, to jump in. I think that's part of the mission of this show is to provide some you know, information to listeners so they know kind of where to start. But really the, the best way to learn NFTs is to find a project by mint, ideally at low stakes, figure out how Twitter works, figure out who to follow, figure out who, how Discord works, right? Just start to immerse yourself in the space. You'll learn more about it. And certainly more, you know, once you've got, you know, stake in the skin in the game, so to speak. But DC Investor, definitely one of the best follows out there. Shout out to him. He was one of the first that I followed. I actually found him through Euler Beats. Uh, he's an owner of one of the OG Euler Beats tracks. Um, I was I had a, a skin or a copy, an edition of one of his. He airdropped nine cats to, to all of us. And then I ended up kind of following him into Art Blocks. For our listeners, take a look at his gallery sometime. It is absolutely one of the best out there. And I saw the, you know, the paperhands.gg website that was turning here this week where everyone yeah. can see how much they sold too soon. His was zero. 
So again, just a, a, a diamond hand collector who's investing on long time horizons. But well, good. I, I'm sharing your background. We have a pretty similar background, how we got into this. Um, why don't we transition? Why don't you tell us a little bit about the, the Tigers project? Sure. Go ahead and pull up the website. Here. Um, well, I, I think the, the genesis of the Tigers was as both myself and, and you have been super involved in the markets. Um, at this point, I've really kind of, I've minted everything. I, I've seen what works. I've seen what doesn't. Um, both myself and, and the, the people I brought on are super, super in tune with the market. And I think when you're launching a, a project like this, you want to be able to create utility and bring value to your holders. Um, so I, it's really a, a project that, we, we want to do everything right. Um, because I think a, a lot of the time people aren't, they're, they're in it for um, whether it's short-term gain or just like a quick cash grab, we're, we're, we're building something to last. Um, and I think that that's really important. Um, there's definitely a few projects out there um, that, I'm, that both myself and, and you are invested in. Um, but I, I think there needs to be more of that, especially as the, the space continues to mature. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess what was kind of the defining moment for you when you decided I want to launch an NFT project? That, that's a great question. I, I, I really, I, I was kind of looking around and this was kind of at the time because this has been in development for basically two months now. And mm -hmm. it was really at the, the, the genesis wave of, I would say the the PFP DAOs starting to come about. Um, there, there wasn't too many of them. They're, they're a little bit more popular now. Um, but the, the reality is um, a lot of the high-end NFTs at this point are, are pretty unattainable. Um, I know the Punk's floor is, is about 100 ETH at this point. The Apes are 30. The, you, can go, you can go down the line. And when you look at it, for, for someone who's just starting out in the space, that could be pretty daunting. Because if you... I know I've kind of trained myself and I know you as well to really think of things in, in ether terms. Mm -hmm. um, but but the, the reality is someone just starting out is going to look at it in, in USD. And it's a tremendous amount of money um, to get into one of those. And, and most people, quite frankly, can't, can't do that. Um, so I, I totally agree w with you. And sorry to, to, to cut you off, but... You know, early on, there was some speculation, you know, PFPs are all going to go bust except for the, the blue chips, right? But, you know, I, I don't agree with that logic, right? T to me, as each of the, you know, the now more established PFP brands continue to march up into the stratosphere and become unobtainable, like you said, it, be, it creates a, a need for, you know, the, the next niche and the next wave to come in. Um, you know, Coinbase launching a marketplace, over 2 million users on their wait list. Those users are going to want PFPs, right? And they're not going to, most of them aren't going to be ready to shell out 100 ETH for a crypto punk. So the, there absolutely is going to be, you know, market demand, uh, in my opinion, for, you know, new and innovative PFP projects that continue to come. 100%. And I think what, what people really kind of look at it in, in, in a way is you're really, you're, you're buying into a community. Um, I, from, from experience, like being in these communities, it's, it's a really valuable tool. And I, I think from owning a punk, like you, you have access to people who are super in, ingrained in the space. You could pick their brain about things. You, you guys can go into trades together. It's just like, it's a, it gives you a certain access to information. And I think as the space continues to mature, there's going to be a, a, a higher demand for that. I mean, I know, I know we've, we've spoken about it, um, but the, 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 the unique users on OpenSea currently, I would, I would probably pin that at, maybe a quarter of a million users. I know people have multiple wallets, but I would say conservatively, it's probably, probably that figure. Um, if you extrapolated that to any other market, it's really, it's a drop in the bucket. It's, it's, it's nothing. Um, so I think as the market continues to grow, uh, there's going to be a tremendous opportunity for projects uh, that are doing the right things. 
Totally agree. I think some numbers I saw this week were even as low as 150, 175 K, you know, closer to true unique users or, or transactors. So the numbers are low. We're definitely going up. The NFT movement is, is happening, whether folks like it or not. Um, but, you know, you, you had an interesting word there. I think an interesting and innovative project. So tell us a little bit about Tigers and, you know, how it's, how it's different, you know, than maybe just a standard PFP project. So I, I think um, to, to start off, I think our art is is pretty exceptional. I know I know the the artist who I brought on is is incredibly talented, and we're we're doing some cool things um, in regards to the art. But we're also doing um, what we're calling the the Tiger DAO. And essentially, for anyone who's unaware, um, a, a DAO is basically uh, a decentralized organization where there's not um, one true one true leader it's going to be it's it's going to be owned by by the community um and the idea there is that the dow would would have ownership uh positions in higher end projects like your apes your punks and your cool cats and you you can go down the line um but essentially the way it's going to work is um owning a tiger um Will, will, will entitle you to a stake on that pool uh, that the DAO owns. Um, I can get into the mechanics of it if you want, but that, that's kind of the, the high level um, baseline view. Yeah, I think we can keep it high level for now. Um, so I, I love the idea. When I first under, learned about DAOs and, and the, the idea and the concepts at the highest level, it instantly resonated with me you know, I'm somewhat anti our traditional like, corporate world infrastructures where, you know, the person at the top makes all the, the money and the equity based on, you know, the, the people working. I love the decentralized shared equity model. Um, you know, when we first kind of started throwing around this idea for TigerDAO a couple months ago, there, there weren't many projects who had done it yet, right? Um, it has somewhat turned it up a bit in the last few weeks and months or so. So it's definitely, you know, a, a new trend. So I, I want to talk about that with you here a little bit uh, this morning and get your thoughts. So I'm going to highlight a, a few of the other PFP DAOs and, and how they've been acting. So Mutant Cats launched with their, their initial model was they're going to buy cool cats, fractionalize those into fish tokens for mutant count holders they since made a big splash buying a Fidenza, a very big purchase. Um, just this past weekend, a crypto influencer, Shamdu, started head down, stealth drop, sold out. He's made a huge splash buying apes, Gen Kongs, he bought a crypto punk. Um, there's Ape Dow, there's Goop Dow, which is chasing after the noun Dow, so to speak, which is one of the OGs. So we're seeing more and more of these kind of you know, what, what are your thoughts on, on this trend that we're seeing? I mean, I, I think it, it's really phenomenal. I know when I kind of first started out, um, I, I was, was kind of looking up to the Flamingo DAO of the world, uh, the, the noun DAO. Like a lot of these uh, DAOs right now have pretty tremendous buying power, um, which I think is awesome. And the, the issue is, it's pretty unattainable to get into them. So I think being able to get into a DAO at the ground level is a really attractive value proposition for, for the long term. Because um, that, that's kind of how myself and the whole team think. We're, we're in this for years down the line. Um, I think getting in at the, the ground levels is amazing. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. And I, I also fully agree. So it's, it's the, the DAO marketplace right now is actually similar to, you know, the PFP marketplace. So you've got your elite DAOs, you know, Flamingo, Fingerprints, Emergence, Nouns DAO, which have, you know, heftier price tags, or, you know, they might be, uh, you know, they're harder to get into. Now we're seeing kind of a new class, uh, which is a little bit easier to, to get into from at least looking at a price standpoint, start to emerge. And I think there's absolutely room you know, for, for all of these. Um, what I'm excited for is all of the potential that exists for these DAOs to start interacting. Um, you know, right now, I think they're, 
they've been mostly operating siloed, um, especially in, in the PFP world. But I actually think there's a lot of opportunity in the PFP DAO community to start getting connected, right? Maybe DAOs start to work together. Maybe there's ways to make purchases together. Maybe there's ways to do contests or collabs on new NFT ideas. I think there's a lot that can be done. Um, have you thought much about that and the kind of the community aspect of these different DAOs? Yeah, I mean, the, the opportunity is set um, is, is really endless. And I think, as you alluded to, we're, we're really kind of just starting. Um, but that, that's something I've already had preliminary conversations on um, for, for down the line, because I, I think when, when you have two of these DAOs coming together, you could really make some headwaves. Um, I, I know we've, we've already done some work uh, to start. Um, there, there's two projects that, um, I kind of appreciate the communities in, um, and I, I, I pre-funded the, the, the Tiger DAO um, out of my pocket with, with those to give people uh, additional value to start. And that, the first one being um, the, the Lazy Lions. Um, mm-hmm. I know you, some people really don't appreciate what they do on Twitter, but the, the, the reality is there's probably not a stronger community out there. And if you want to have a project that's going to be successful, you, you need to have a community where they, you work together and, and kind of that, that's the way it works. Like there is no like fiercer bunch than, than the lazy lions. It, it's pretty remarkable. Um, it, it so is. I, I think you could even call them tenacious. Exactly. At least exactly. on Twitter. Um, so that was the first one. And then, the, I also loaded the DAO with, with some uh, Tools of Rock VIP passes. They're, they have a super interesting project that they're working on. Um, but what, how that's going to work is there's going to be live concerts um, and the, the members of the Tiger DAO will be able to benefit from the, those VIP passes, which I think is really interesting. And JJ and the, the team there are, are super talented and they're also like-minded in the sense that they're, they're going to try to build something that's to last looking many, many years down the line. Um, so I think all partnerships with, with teams who have the same vision that you have is, I mean, it's, it's a net positive to the space. Absolutely. So what else is on your short list of potential projects for the DAO to invest in? And of course it's going to be community decision, but you know, likely going to put up a few thoughts. So what's on your, what's on your list for some of those initial purchases? Totally. And that, that's, it's not going to be just my decision. I know we're, we're going to have like a, a council of, of multiple people um, that, that do pretty in-depth research and kind of bring propositions to the community on, on potential projects. Um, I think the, the first one would have to be the, the toads. I mean, I think what, what the toads are doing, it, it, it's amazing. And they, they have a phenomenal community as well. Um, so that, that's, that's definitely on the top of my list. Um, ideal world, I, I would love to own a, an ape or a punk through the DAO um, down the line. But like to start out, we, I, I think I'd rather preach diversity uh, a little bit. You don't want to just go all in on one thing. Uh, it's probably not the most prudent thing to do. But the goal is to own multiple blue chips across the board um, in the future. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And I think there's also an aspect of it, which, you know, from our conversations, I think you want the, the DAO to, you know, make what are considered strong investments or like buying at the right price points. And it seems like some of those NFT products like the Toads, you know, seeing a 50 to 60% drop from high could be, you know, attractive buys. Uh, yeah, that that's, price point. That, that's a great point. And that's, that's something I kind of wanted to harp on today. Um, I, I, I really don't think the DAO could be launching at a better time. I know we, we saw some euphoria in the markets um, in, in September and August, but I think getting into a lot of these blue chip names uh, that have the community backing at 60 to call it 80% discount from, from the high is, is definitely uh, attractive. Yeah, I have a few thoughts there. So first, you know, I covered it earlier in this show, right? Highlighting the, the, the blood in the streets. I absolutely think this is the time to buy. If you believe in the NFT market, if you believe in blue chips, never going to time the absolute bottom. You're never going to time the top. 
um, so that the prices are certainly starting to get attractive. But I think the other piece here that I haven't seen too many people talk about yet is the more of these DAOs that are going after the blue chip NFTs, it just takes more and more of, of the supply out, right? Absolutely. So it, it's a feedback loop to these blue chip PFPs that's going to drive up their value and the scarce, there's going to be a tipping point where it's going to become nearly impossible to get some of these NFTs, at least in my opinion, uh, at, at the blue chip, you know, grail level. And I that, think these DAOs can help drive that. That's exactly right. I mean, you're already kind of seeing it to an extent. I know Shamdu, he made some waves by buying a punk this week. Um, that that's that's naturally what's going to happen. And once those those assets go into the DAO. It, it's not coming out like it's going to be there for, for years, um, which is incredibly attractive to people that already own the assets. Um, but I, I think that's going to be a trend that you kind of see going into the end of Q4 and, and starting up next year. These a lot of these DAOs are going to continue to, to pop up. So I do have to ask, you know, I, I'm a risk management consultant by, you know, by trade, by background. Um, you know, what risks do you see in, uh, you know, some of these new PFPs and some of these new forming DAOs and some of the tokenomics that we've seen? No, I think that that's a great point. And I think when, when you get into the, the gray area with a lot of these things, it's when you, you start staking uh, your PFP for some kind of uh, financial incentive. Um, I know a lot of projects have, have launched um, some coins that are associated with their PFPs and that, that adds utility uh, to the owners and, and it's tradable. Um, I think that's a, a really gray area. Um, there really isn't anything defined on what, what is right or wrong. Um, it's just kind of something that I would personally avoid unless it's coming from, I would say, the, the top tier. I know the apes are are probably looking into doing something like that, but there's no doubt in my mind that they had the proper legal counsel uh, to, to do that stuff. Um, but if some run of the mill project kind of launches, uh, let's say last week or, or this week, and they're, they're coming out promising um, a certain percentage on staking their token on their, their PFP for, for, for any sort of token, um, it, it would be a complete avoid for me. Definitely a red flag and, and one to, to tread carefully right now. Um, you know, another question, we, we touched a little bit about Coinbase, but I, I want to get your, you know, your thoughts. This is potentially one of the biggest pieces of news, you know, we've had in the NFT space with this huge new user base coming on Coinbase. Kind of what are your thoughts? How do you kind of see this playing out in, in the coming months? I, I think it outside of, um, Twitter being able to verify your, your, your NFT on your profile picture. I think that's probably the second most bullish piece of news that that's going for the NFT market currently. Um, I, I know we've kind of spoken about this, but the way it works on OpenSea now currently, it, it's really not easy for like a baseline user to kind of start out and, and get going, whether you're using a hardware wallet um, or just a MetaMask through um, open sea, it's just, it, the reality is it's not easy to use. And I, I could totally see how that's a turnoff um, to people who are just starting out. And I, I'm pretty confident that that Coinbase is gonna be able to bridge the gap. Um, and I, I, hopefully you'll be able to, to store stuff on there safely and be able to interact through, through your wallet. And the, the amount of users that are gonna be flooded into the market is, is, is insane. I, I, I think I saw the list was currently at maybe two or so million, mm -hmm. um, which is five or six times, seven times what, what the amount of users that are currently in the space. Um, so I think that there'll be probably a, a, an initial flight to quality, but then people, as I said, people aren't going to be able to shell out a hundred ETH for, for crypto punk. So they're going to be looking for um, a, a lower tier uh, project that's more attainable for them. And that's why I think it's a, it's a great time to be la launching something like the Tigers. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I've been having a lot of conversations on the ground IRL with folks in my social group in the last month or so really 
Um, and the, the number one topic right now is the barrier to entry. Like a lot of folks that they want NFTs, they, they, they're hearing about it. They hear the buzz. They want to get in. It's still hard, right? And, and it's scary. So I think Coinbase is going to reduce that. Um, but I'm also curious for your thoughts. What are these new, what is this new buyer pool going to go after? You know, there's a lot of speculation. You know, are they going to go after the low end? Are they going to go after alt chains if and when? You know, Coinbase spins up Solana and AVAX and others. Um, you know, I, I, I've got my thoughts. I, I think it's probably a mixed bag, but, you know, what, what's your take? What do you speculate the, the new buyer pool is going to go after? Yeah, I think that that's also an interesting point. I, I know their, their preliminary functionality is going to be based on, on ETH. Um, and in my eyes, that really kind of eliminates a lot of these the, the appeal of a lot of these cross these other chains like Solana, AVAX. Um, essentially, I think I'd rather have exposure to the actual coin itself than, than trying to parse through a bunch of the NFTs on, on, that, on that platform. Because um, to, to begin with, ETH already has a tremendous amount of the market share. Um, Coinbase is really only gonna make that even more significant. Um, so that, that, those are my thoughts on, on the chain, but I think, I think when you're first getting onto an NFT platform like Coinbase, I think people are going to be drawn to catchy art that they could relate with, whether it's animals or, or stuff like that. I think whether it's the lazy lions, the, the tigers, I think the apes are great too. Um, the, the punks are always going to have their cult following. Um, the reality is a lot of those are held in wallets of people who, who, are never selling. Um, but I think the, the initial draw is going to be to cool looking artwork on the Coinbase platform. Yeah. And I think we'll see a spectrum of buyers, just like, you know, there's a spectrum of folks in the crypto community. I think some, some are speculating that Coinbase is going to launch a bunch of new buyers who have 4,000 to $10,000 budgets and are going to go after the lowest end. But I, I don't think that's the whole story. I think there are absolutely bigger whales, wealthier folks, who have been sitting on the sidelines because of the barriers to entry or they're scared or they just don't want to deal with it, right? Um, Coinbase is going to unlock those buyers as well. So I think we're going to see a full mixed bag of new buyers at the high end, the mid end, and of course, the low end. Um, you know, I, I'm interested to see the alt chains and how that's going to play out. You know, one of the, the reasons, any reason I don't play on Solana right now is because of some of the rugs that have happened and also the barrier to entry and just that there's so much to go on. I, I'm busy enough focusing on Ethereum. Um, if Coinbase takes out some of the risk in the rugging and whatnot on some of the alt chains, I think those, those could become more attractive, but that's certainly longer down the line. Yeah, that, that's actually a great point. And it's something I kind of struggle with myself being very in tune with, with the markets. It's really, it's hard enough to focus on everything that's going on on the ETH chain that like, I really couldn't imagine um, starting out on, on another train and trying to, to parse through those. And a few of the rugs that have happened really kind of put pump the brakes for myself to kind of pop on um, to Solana. Because if, the, if, if these people have the ability to clean out your wallet, that's, that's just not something I'm, I'm okay with, you know? It's, it, it, that'd be a brutal blow course so it's going to be a big step up for safety and one that certainly uh, i'm excited for um, well good we're coming up on the hour any closing thoughts or or other items you want to talk through here this morning moss yeah i think for for people um i think nfts are great and i think the future is bright but you, you need to start slow and kind of get your exposure um in, in waves you, you don't want to be going face first into stuff and then happen to, because there, there's going to be volatility. You don't want to buy something super expensive and then have it have a 50% drawdown a week later. And that, 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 at least for me, I think if I was someone starting out, that would, that would put a, a, a damper and kind of a, a black eye on the, on the space for me. So I think whatever you you decide to do, um, you, you should start slow and, and always, always do uh, some due diligence. I think that's great advice. Well, Maz, we really appreciate your time. Uh, folks, if you're interested, check out the Tenacious Tigers website, their Twitter, their Discord. We're going to send it all out. 
in the show notes. Definitely a project to watch here in the next week. Look out for some announcements on launch time, launch price. All that's going to be on their Twitter and Discord. Maz, thanks for joining us today. It's been a great combo. I appreciate it. This, this was a great time. Awesome, bud. We'll talk to you soon. Listeners, that's our show for today. Thanks to our friends at IC Tools for sponsoring the show. Again, if you're looking to get started in NFT trading, you need the right data at your fingertips. IC Tools is a great place to start. Head over to IC.tools to check out their product. Use their free version to see which products are trending. The home for NFT Alpha. To our listeners, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next Monday at 11 a.m. Central. Till then, stay safe in those NFT streets. Goodbye.